It is 13 minutes after 4 o'clock and I will be joined in a moment or two by a very inspirational, I would call him young man. His name is Piwem Gomezulu. He's an author, motivational speaker, personal team and organizational effectiveness specialist. He is also the executive chairman and founder of the ATD Albert Street Foundation, which deals with youth development. Spiwe, thank you so much for joining us on Sound Awake. Mm, thank you very much. Um, I'm glad to be um, back on SAFM. Oh, wow. I like that. <laughs> it means we have definitely been showing you love. Spiro, I've just been reading your life story, and I am just moved by the odds, the the amount of you know difficulties and challenges that you've overcome to be the person that you are today. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Now, many may see you now as the founder of uh, the ATT Albert Street Foundation in Newtown, but many may not know that at just the age five, you found yourself all alone in the streets of Johannesburg. And your story really does read like a movie, if I'm to be honest. And it really starts with when your parents, you know, pass away in a tragic car accident and you're left alone in an ambulance by a paramedic and you simply walk away from uh, the paramedic van or from the ambulance, what happens? You know, how did how did all of that uh, unfold? Yeah, um, it was a very, very difficult um, moment for me, especially for the fact that I was also involved in a car. I was also at the back seat of the car, so being there, it's, um, yeah. But, um, yeah, after the accident, um, the paramedic just took me and said, no, you can sit here uh, in the ambulance while we are trying to sort out uh, can you save the life of your parent. And uh, I just took a walk not knowing where I was going. I went away, and I saw Amapa Samani, that way, and stuff like that, and I just followed. And I saw a massaging where people but Pagama Bexwab when they take a long distance. Yes. I just went inside the Nasalanje, near Challenge eating Chilanje. I didn't know what all of a sudden was over. And when they closed, it became so dark. But I sat there and I said to myself, I don't care what's happening. Um, the bus just left on uh, the last time I remember when they opened Sengbonu Kanya, it was in that station that you get. And when I came out, I saw some four guys who took me and said, no, was uh, was and I just followed them. Mm. And those guys were actually a Maastricht kid. And I joined them um, yesterday um, for two years. So now what I find interesting about the story is that you, you, you slipped into the luggage compartment of uh, the bus and nobody knew that you were there. And even when they opened it, nobody saw you coming out. And did you know you were in Johannesburg? Where did you think you were? Um, like I said, Nala, where I took the bus, I saw many people. I saw many buses, I saw many people, and even when I got to the back station, I saw many buses, I saw many people, and we all know what the drivers of the bus, what they usually do, they just come out first and open before um, passengers can come out to get their bags. So I think by the time they open, nobody saw or recognized who there was someone who was coming out. Mm. So I just went out and I stood there, and luckily enough, two guys came and said, hey, Barry, when are you going out? Um, I looked at them and I was like shaking and I was like, I don't know where am I. Mm. They said, no, okay, I explained to them that no, I was like, I don't know what. 
and it was late there it was about after six in the winter so i followed them and I had, um, they were staying in albert street so i started to sign up all up oh, but wow. the most difficult moment was uh corner they took care of me they gave me something to eat but in the morning they said la you must go now, your pal. Mm. I said, Kanjani, they showed me Bangbege robot team. We offered me Puma from SOA to two events. Then they, I stood there and they showed me with Meden Kanyans, Abanduba Fagimat. But in that late night, you must bring it to Impiran. Monga not to Impiran, our Lalila. Wow. So now you're five years old when all of this is happening. And I mean, five year olds are just, <laughs> I don't know, clueless about life, you know, to say the least. At five years old, your only concern is playing, eating, sleeping, being a child. But yet you were faced with so many grown up, um, you know, decisions. You had to fend yourself. Did In your mind, did you think about your mom and your dad? Did you think about the accident? Did you, th- did you think, you know, what might have happened? Did you know that, that they had passed away? Did you try to go back home? I'm trying to figure out, you know, those first few months with you in Johannesburg. Did you try and trace your steps back to where you come from? Um. The only moment where everything started to come back, everything, it was when I was seven years old. At the age of five, I don't know what was happening. I was just being me, living in enjoying the street life. Until someone came, was was sitting was they were coming once a week. And then he, she told us she's going to open an orphanage home. So when she opened it, I was seven years, which was the ATP um, Paradise for Spirit Children. We went out to the lab. So you know who are my social workers. So social workers, they, they spoke to me. They followed my story. They followed everything. Then they started trying to get contact with my family. We went to Eswazin where everything happened. And that's when things were beginning to roll up. Oh, this is what is happening, Ganje, Ganje. I started looking and wondering where were they buried. Even today, I cannot tell where both of my parents were buried. But mm. when we went to the hospital, we were we were told that and we were shown um, everything. Which yeah, there was an accident that happened in the day. So and when I saw and both parents are shown, but Mdwana disappeared. And that's when I told them, "Good no, nangulo Mdwana Lord." Oh, wow. Let's fast forward to, you know, your teens growing up. You stayed at um, this particular uh, shelter, which was uh, ATD in Elbert Street, and you stayed there until matric, and you then subsequently received a scholarship to study overseas. Tell us more about that. Actually, let's speak this. The ATD was ATD Paradise for Three Children. The that I used to sleep in when I was a street kid. So those are two different um, things. And then when I was there, I started doing my, my schooling as usual. And then I did complete my matric in 2003. And at that time, I also didn't know. I, I, I hear in your show now you're talking about the, the, the syllabus and stuff like that. Mm. At that time, I also didn't know what to do. I have my matric, but I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. And where's 
the system Yaguma orphanage home from social development allows us to stay in an orphanage home up to 18 or out, up to you complete your K-12. What happened after that? We don't have that system. So after that, I also didn't know. So I was two days left for me to move out of the orphanage home. Where am I going to go? I don't know, which means I must go back to street. Fortunately enough, the Mandela Foundation came on board and they gave me a scholarship to go to Boston to go study mm. community development practice. Okay, and, and how, how did that experience, you know, impact your life? Um, that time going to overseas, never went into a plane, so everything was a bit shaky, scary, but when I got there, you know, I I mingled with other young people, <clears throat> and when we were there, we met up with Bill Clinton, former president Nelson Mandela, mm-hmm. and they wanted to start an organization which is called CTS South Africa. And when they spoke about it, I, I asked them, can I get involved? I want to come back to South Africa. Then I got involved. We came back to South Africa in 2005. We started a company called the City of South Africa. That's where my life actually is a corner. smart now. Now, what I want to ask you, Spiwe, is you have not been able to connect with family other than a brother that you briefly met in hospital who sadly passed away the next day before you could get more information. You say you've been to Swaziland a number of times to try and reconnect with your family. As much as you have done so well for yourself and, you know, you're such an inspiration to young people, is there a part of you that still longs for your family? To be honest, um, I, I still, I still, two of the guys that I, I stayed with in the street, uh, today they are very successful. One was seven the airport, the other one was seven that we escort. So in many cases, they will go home to go give back. One of them will get to tell my mama, you know, so, so, so that thing, so can't I have that life? I just need to find even if I can put the tombstone or do something. So, so, so in this general, there's a way you want to go back home and do something. Show Abbas the appreciation of Ugusala Wako. Those are things I'm longing for, actually. But, you know, once thing I'm getting to Jehovah, there's one thing I always believe in, and that is you can't take your life because if you take your life you will never see the kingdom of heaven mm. so that's another thing in the good thing see the good no let me leave and again involved and i think i'm a child so i i need to make sure which i leave for that child i don't give the i'm does not live the same life that many people think that i never had opportunities of having a bazaar when i give him that thing who's going to be there for him Who's gonna provide for him? Who's gonna give him the love that I never received from? I mean, that's why my next book is going to be called um, "You Are Not a Tree." So, being not a tree, most of our young people they behave being a slut. They sit in one place even though they are being abused, even though they are not being happy. Slut is the only thing that can never move from where you have planted it, even if you can do whatever to eat it to never move. So our young people don't want to move from unhappy life. They want to start in. So I'm phoning them to that kind of life. So I think that's the reason. Um, to answer actually question, I'm trying to say I long to to, to, to know someone from my family. Mm. It's just unfortunate.
Well, you know, I, I, I do pray with you, my brother, that, you know, you know, in the coming years, somebody will come forward, that somebody is listening, because I'm definitely sure that your parents had family, they had brothers, they had sisters, you know, you may find that you, you do have other siblings that uh, maybe you did not know about, aunts, uncles, and I know that it's your deepest desire to find your family, and I do pray that God, you know, will send angels, will send the right people to point you in exactly the right direction now to 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 those who are listening who may find themselves in situations like you where they don't you know have uh, immediate family members and they're trying to find their identity and they're doing well in life but they also have this longing that you have how would you encourage them i would say to people everyone on earth was destined with the purpose mm. one has to find that purpose but whenever you are finding that purpose, it's like you are climbing a ladder. And while you are climbing that ladder to your to, to the top, there is someone who is holding that ladder for you not to fall. So never take advantage of that particular person. Um, it doesn't matter who it might be. It might not be your family member. It might be your friends your other thing, or, or other extended people or even whatever that you Like myself. People like you, Abandabu SAFM, people like um, SAPC and stuff like that, all those are adventures about Nipawan. I'm, I'm, I'm using my abilities wonky to appreciate it. So my point is, those, young, those people have opportunities of climbing up. They must always remember there's someone who's holding that lead. So if they cannot disrespect and not appreciate that particular person, also see the steps. And once she leave or she leave that step, you are going to fall. And for you to get that up, it's not going to be as easy as it was when they were holding it for you. So always appreciate those who are taking you Lawia corner, but always try to Ah, wonderful. Thank you so much. That is so uh, motivating. And how do people connect with you? You know, uh, maybe someone wants to, uh, I wouldn't say sponsor, but, you know, be a partner in your foundation. You know, how, how do people connect with you? Um, a lot of people, they find me on Facebook. My Facebook, there are actually two. One is From Nothing to Something. That's the name of the book. So the Facebook page is From Nothing to Something. My personal one is Junior with the U, Mfusi, M-F-U-S-I. Those are my Facebook page. Then my contact is 074-5418. Can you say that number again? It's just your phone just beeped a little bit. Can you say the number again? 074-968-5418. Wonderful. I was lucky enough, Minamamkani, to find a woman on, on adoptive. There's a mother who's also a paramedic um, in Ekogulen who adopted me three years back. So I'm, I'm fortunate enough to also find somebody, a Mambiza, Umam, who's mm-hmm. very loving, who's very caring. She's got abandoned by two and they, they enjoy having a brother as much as I also enjoy having a sister. So, 
Amen and amen. Thank you so much for sharing your incredible story with us. There we go. Pure James Mgomezulu has lived an extraordinary life from losing his family at just the age five and living on the streets of Johannesburg to being the director of ATD Albert Street Foundation in new time. And let that inspire you to say, despite the circumstances and challenges along the way, your story can still end up on a very positive note.